Hey everybody, this is Flavio Romeo, and this is episode 15 of the Glenrock Towncast. And, uh, I mean, I find it hard to believe that we are less than three weeks away from Christmas. So, uh, if you haven't done your Christmas shopping, I encourage you not to order online. Uh, I don't know how many of you have had the experience of trying to order online and then having things delayed and delayed and delayed. There are so many incredible stores in Glen Rock, especially on Rock Road. There's so many incredible stores. Make sure you shop local. You can walk in and you can buy gifts and take them out and wrap them and have them ready in time for Christmas, which is something that it's very difficult to do when you buy stuff online these days. Uh, so here we are. We're, we're three, less than three weeks from Christmas. And since we're going to be celebrating the, the, the birth of Christ this year, uh, I, thought, I thought it'd be great to talk to different parishes in the community. So uh, we have we have uh, a, a couple that we're looking at. We're looking at St. Catharines. Uh, we're looking at Grace Redeemer. And, and today we're going to speak to Pastor Terry O'Brien of Community Church of Glenrock, which is the oldest church in Glenrock. And I have to say, it's, it's probably one of the oldest churches in the area. It's a beautiful church right on Rock Road. Uh, he has quite an amazing story. Uh, and and I, it's just, it's, it's such a joy for me to to hear these people's stories. And it, I guess I'm kind of selfish because I, I love hearing these people's journeys and pe people, the businesses we've talked to, Super Jewelry, Francesca's, a lot of these businesses, just hearing their stories. It just, I, I, I love it. I love it. So uh, I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I do. And uh, we have we have several good episodes leading up to Christmas. So enjoy this episode, everybody. All right, everybody, this is Flavio, and, and, and we are in the beginning of the first week of the second week of Advent. And for those of you that don't know what Advent is, we're going to have our next guest talk a little bit about it because we are here. We're on Rock Road, just past Maple Avenue. If you're driving, if you drove through Glen Rock and you pass Maple Ave, we're on Rock Road. Just up on the right is the, the Community Church of Glen Rock, and, and this church has an amazing history. It's well over 100 years old. And and I'm sitting with Pastor Terry O'Brien. Pastor, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. It's wonderful to be here, Flavio. I'm looking yeah. forward to this. And it's amazing for me. I'm sitting, we're sitting in the sanctuary and the, the stained glass is beautiful. And when the sun is as bright as it is today, it is just gorgeous in here. It almost looks divine with the light that, cut, that shines through here. It's yeah. beautiful. It's glorious. When I first walked into the sanctuary, I just took my breath away. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's one of those churches. This church is, I'm going I'm to let Pastor Terry tell you about the history of the church, but it's well over 100 years old, right? We're celebrating this coming, this coming spring, our 125th anniversary. And what is that called? That's Oh, I'm not a, even going to attempt It's a weird word for it, right? <laughs> it like centennial is easy enough, but then it's like quintessent, I don't know what it Quinti is. Quintessential. Yeah, something like that. But it's 125 years old this spring? Yeah. Are you guys planning anything to, uh, for the anniversary? We are. We've got a 125th anniversary committee formed, and they're in the process right now of planning a, a weekend of celebration for the 125th. 
That'll be sometime in the spring. Well, we're going to make sure that when you guys have that formal announcement, send it to me, and we'll, we'll put it out, and we'll put it out in all the Glenrock pages and make sure everybody's aware of it. That's a deal. You got it. All right. Now, is there anybody that's still living from the first day it opened? <laughs> I'm assuming no. No. Methuselah. No, Methuselah is no, not, no, this is not, not his home church? Not here. <laughs> Uh, so we are at Community Church of Glenrock, uh, and, and I'm so glad that, that uh, you know, churches like this are able to, to sustain and be around for that long. I mean, that really is, that really is a wonderful thing, and uh, you know, it's, it's, it, I'm glad that we'll be able to celebrate it as a community in the spring. Absolutely, and it's a lot to celebrate. I mean, this church was the first church in Glenrock. Oh, is that uh, right? This was the first one? This was the first church, yeah. Wow. The, I mean, back then, what they have five people? Oh no, 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 no. full houses. Was every, it really every week? Yeah. And, yeah, and it's expanded over the years, right? It has expanded. It's expanded in numbers of people uh, that have been affiliated with the church to uh, expansion of the premises. Uh, we have a fairly large campus, as you may have noticed when you. It's deceiving. It's in. deceiving. Yeah, it's deceiving. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's a good-sized campus. We have the sanctuary that seats about 350, 400 people. Uh, and a beautiful a, organ. Are those pipes working? Do those, yes. They do work? They do work. That's Guys, just, just to come in alone and to hear that, I love those old pipe organs. Uh, it's beautiful. Our Janet Montroy, our music director, she makes it sing. It's just beautiful. Yeah, it's gorgeous. And, and you also have, cl- I noticed there's some classrooms. Did I see classrooms? Absolutely. The building next door, I was going to say, if we headed out the back entrance of the church, you, you walk right into the education building. So it's classroom spaces for church school. We also have rentals that come in that uh, use the space also. We also have uh, community meals works their their entire program out of our church. What's what's community meals? It's a Meals on Wheels program for people in the Glenrock vicinity and neighboring communities uh, where they serve daily meals to them. Wow, that's awesome. It's, it really is. It's incredible, and we're thrilled that they've been with us a couple of years now, and just another way that the church can give to the community by allowing this organization to work out of our premises. Now, is there is there an opportunity for volunteers? Like, if people are listening and they say, oh, I'd love to volunteer for a program like that. Is that an opportunity? I can't answer for community meals. They'd have to get in touch with somebody at community meals. Yeah, so just, just Google community meals and see how you can help out. Absolutely. Yeah, community that's awesome. meals in Bergen County. Uh, and uh, that's that's it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's 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 it's great that you open up your facility for for organizations like that. And and you know, there's a lot of a lot of people don't know how much churches do for the communities. You know, it's not just a building with people that come in on a Sunday. There's so much other outreach programs. Um, can you talk a little bit about some of the other outreach programs you guys have? Well, like exactly what I wanted to move on to right. is we have Boy Scouts program here. We've got uh, 
Chess Academy, the here at the church. What's Chess Academy? International Chess Academy. It's uh, like the game school. of chess. Yeah, game of chess, whole school. And again, that's that's an organization that comes in using it. As far as the church is concerned, the the programs that we have are Boy Boy Scouts, twelve step programs, uh, family recovery. Uh, divorce recovery program have a number of different organizations not organizations programs that are run through the church here and, and we support that wholeheartedly that's wonderful space. and and what are the ages like if, if people have young children what are the ages during a service do you have like babysitting service and things like that well, when we were pre-COVID, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. A lot of things were different. A lot different of things then. were different, but <laughs> what we typically have is nursery care in the narthex of the church, off of the narthex, and then we have church school from kindergarten through senior high. Oh wow! Yeah, that's great. Uh, as a matter of fact, a lot of it lately has been mission work. That classroom work because of the pandemic has been limited but the mission work continues and that's one of the things that we're we're doing come December 4th uh, the evening of December 4th we're having a Billy Joel uh, Elton John tribute to the music of theirs and the stories behind their music and it's all going to take place at seven o'clock on December 4th, people can get tickets through <laughs> Eventbrite or they can come to the church and come to one of the offices here at the church and uh, can pick up tickets there as well. Yeah, and hopefully you guys have seen the flyers that we've passed around online. Uh, make sure you share those kind of things. Like whenever these announcements come out, we try to post everything so that the community is aware because not everybody's on Facebook, not everybody's on Instagram. So we encourage you to, to you know, when you see these kind of announcements, email them, send a text, you know, just let everybody know what's going on in town, right? Absolutely. And, and one of the reasons why I brought that up, not only the fact that, sure, we would love to have their attendance, but the other reason I brought it up is we're also collecting non-perishable foods at the concert as well. So people that bring any non-perish, excuse me, non-perishable foods, those will be collected and then donated to Center for Food Action here in Bergen County. Uh, a great, wonderful, wonderful cause that we've supported over the years. Um, just. Yeah, so make make sure that you bring in bring in your non-perishables. It's a way of giving back to to the community. It's it doesn't cost a lot. It, you know, whatever it is, everything helps. So whatever you have, you know, bring it in and and donate and know that it's going to a good cause. I, I did want to talk about your background though and how how this this all began. So you didn't you didn't grow up on the East Coast. No, I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area, Marin County. And I love that area. It's a beautiful area. I love getting back out there and visiting, uh, seeing family, seeing old friends. Oh, so you still have family out there? Still have family out there. Family scattered over across the country, but I do have family in, in the Bay Area there. 
Well, of all the places where the family is, the Bay Area is probably the nicest, right? <laughs> well, the Bay Area is home, even yeah. though even though Glen Rock is home or Denver, Colorado is home, uh, Sacramento's home, but home for all of us is the Bay Area. Yeah, yeah, that's where that's where you grew up. Did you go to high school in the Bay Area? I did. I went to Marine Catholic High School, which was a extension of my eight years of elementary Roman Catholic school. Oh, you went to Catholic school. Oh, I went to Catholic school. I had salt and pepper pants and the blue sweaters, <laughs> V-neck sweaters, and, and the girls all had their plaid skirts that had to be down to the knee. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, the church was right across the playground on the other, other side of the playground that was the church so so you had you had a deep roman catholic upbringing well yes and no <laughs> uh, i think i've mentioned to you before that uh my family wasn't a big wasn't a big church going family my mother yes my mother was every single week my father was one that sat on the couch and said you kids get going to church with mom. You need to be church. Well, what about you, dad? Don't you worry about your dad. Get to church. Right, right. But as it turned out, we were pretty much Crim Easter people. <laughs> Christmas and Easter, and that, and that was it. You know, once or twice a year they'd see us, and that was it. Yeah. But uh, went from St. Isabella's grade school, elementary school, to Marine Catholic High School. And then actually we even went on to St. Mary's College, went to a Christian Brothers College. Oh, okay. So that was my upbringing as far as religion was concerned. Yeah, and what did you do? What did you do after? I, I, can, I, can, I can relate to you about the, uh, the Cremista. I mean, we, when I was younger, we used to go because, you know, we went to St. Anthony's in Hawthorne. And we were close enough to walk. And then I got to the certain age where my mother would just give me 50 cents for the poor box. <laughs> and so I did that for a while. And then she kept giving it to me. And, I'm like, and then I, okay. started, I started buying baseball cards. I was it. just going to say, uh, how many of those 50 cents went into the pocket and never came out? I, I, after a while, and me like an idiot, I would take those baseball <laughs> cards and put them in the spokes of my, my bike. <laughs> yeah, so you have a real racing sound bike yeah so you got mickey mantle's face flapping yeah. it you know right, who, who right. knew that you know now it, you know they'd be worth thousands of dollars i had them in my stingray bicycle the stingray with the banana seat yeah there you go absolutely yeah so so are you graduate college and what happened after that it was there was well when i went into college i thought first that i was going in to be an accounting major i was good in math accounting would be a great place for me one semester I knew accounting was not for me whatsoever. <laughs> Went through a couple of other possibilities and ended up just getting hooked on theater, on acting. Oh, did they have theater in the college? They did. So uh, I did a production of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Wow, what character were you? Uh, McMurray. No, of McMurphy, course. Nice. I should say. It's been a number of years ago. <laughs> but uh, the Jack Nicholson role. That's a great play. It was a wonderful, wonderful experience. And I decided I'm moving to New York to go into, uh, go into theater. So you did. You moved to New York? Moved to New York against my father's wishes. My father said, he, that's, a great, that's a great hobby, he said. <laughs> but it's not a job. You need to get a job. 
But eventually uh, I convinced them and I was on my way back to New York and for about 20 years pursued acting and wow. acting in theater and commercials and industrials. Uh, what, kind of, what kind of plays did you do in New York? Do you remember? Uh, mostly new projects that were being done off, off Broadway, off, off, I should say, Broadway. Um, but a good experience, but not making a living off of them whatsoever. So like any other actor, I held down another job outside of all my classes that I was taking and, and shows that I did when they were, you know, when, when the opportunity came up. So were you an actor studying to be a waiter? <laughs> no, I was an actor temporarily employed as a waiter. As a waiter. My daughter, my daughter's doing that now. My daughter's a, an actor in Chicago, and she's, okay. she's you know, temporary waiter as well. Okay. So, anyway. so were there? What were your favorite? Were there any like favorite shows that you just loved? Was there? Were, were there any that uh, that come to mind? Well, I really enjoyed doing Grand Hotel. Okay. I did that in Florida and played the Baron in that, which was the, the lead role in that particular oh, show. Oh, so you, you traveled as well. Oh, yeah. I, I worked basically wherever the theater work took me around the, across the country, actually to Canada as well. Wow. So got a lot of, a lot of wonderful travels across this country through the acting profession and and ended up uh, with one experience that really changed my life completely. Which, which one? I was working another favorite job that I had was working as an actor on a cruise ship, inner island cruise ship out in the Hawaiian Islands. Were you, you were doing, you were one of the performers on a cruise line? Yeah, three, three shows a week. We have a Rogers. Three and shows a week? That's yeah, it? that's it. That's it. That's it. Three nights a week: Rogers and Hammerstein Review, The Odd Couple, and I could see. Did you play the no. Felix role? I picture you as Felix. No. You played Oscar. I played Oscar. You played against type. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I didn't cast myself. They cast me. So I said, "Whatever you want me to play, okay." Just keep okay. me on the boat. That's right. Um, <clears throat> so it was actually only two nights a week that we we had performances the rest of the time we were tourists so we get off with the ship at the next next port we'd get off ship and we'd go and tour the island so so you got to see a lot of the world that way absolutely i mean cruise ships are wonderful in that in that it's like a paid vacation but the the downside of that is that when you get back to new york you're an unknown because you've been gone five months yeah, and they don't, and that and that theater community doesn't look at cruise ships as like no, yeah, and the the work doesn't stop because you got on the cruise ship; it all continues. <clears throat> so, while I was on the cruise ship, I started dating uh, a woman who was there for an extended length of time as well. Was she another actor? Yes. Uh, so. We, we had a great relationship going. It was wonderful. Three, four months into the cruise, and all of a sudden, she got a letter from a psychic who had been on the cruise two weeks earlier. 
Really? Just randomly got a letter? Randomly got a letter. And the letter basically telling her, you should get out of the relationship you're in now. It's not the right relationship for you. So my girlfriend showed me the letter and... And she, she, did she listen to the letter? Well, to a sense, yes. I mean, she brought, it to, brought the letter to my attention and then said, you know, this is what I'm being, recommend, is being recommended for me to do. Uh, I'm not sure what, what to think about this at all. And so we were on the, on the verge of a relationship falling apart because of uh, some psychic some up in random Canada psychic. who took the cruise the, two weeks earlier or a month earlier. Anyway, I was devastated, floored. So I went, went to my cabin, which was in the bowels of the ship. <laughs> yeah, you didn't have great accommodation. No, no, it wasn't the balcony accommodations whatsoever. So I went there and I was just devastated. Lights out in the cabin. I had a bunk bed set up in my cabin, but it was a single room. So I had no roommate. I used the top bunk just to throw anything I collected Storage. during the course of the week. That was my storage unit was on top there. So you can imagine three, four months into the cruise, uh, that bed was pretty covered with all kinds of things. Um, so I was in my cabin, distraught, devastated, lights out, tears rolling down my face, and I just said, I've got to do something. I, I have no idea what to do. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, I started praying about the situation. And I, not thinking of everyone else on the ship, I basically, <laughs> in my time of tor torment, <coughs> excuse me, I um, prayed to God that he would either sink the ship and take me with it or get me through this situation. Well, since you're giving him, since you're giving him those options, I can't imagine that he'd, uh, you know, sink everybody else in with your, <laughs> along with your torment. That's tough, though. That's a tough. That's a, that's a tough time. And really, so, so what happened? Really kind of me to think that way, right? Yeah. You know, me, it's all about me. It's all, but, this whole ship is about me. Exactly. But um. But when you go through a time like that, it feels that way. You feel does. so alone, right? Completely alone, isolated. On an island. Even, and plus you have thousands of people on board and you're still just alone. Exactly. So while I'm praying in, in this cabin and don't know what to do whatsoever, out of the blue, I just, like, like snap of the fingers, I just reached my hand up above me onto the bunk, of, bunk bed above me. Without looking or anything, I, lights were out anyway picked up the first thing my hand touched, turned on the light, and here in my hand was a sermon pamphlet that somebody during the tour had given me. Just randomly. Randomly chose it, and the, the title of the sermon was Believe in Yourself. Wow. And it was a, it was a, a sermon written by Dr. Arthur Caliandro at Marble Collegiate Church in New York City. And I just said, wow, this was a divine moment. 
Uh, no kidding. I mean, of all the things you could have grabbed on that top bunk. Exactly. I mean, there were just droves of, of things there. And, all, and it wasn't all reading material, very little reading material, as a matter of fact. But and you kept it. For some reason, you kept it. You know, well, it wasn't something I, you threw out. I kept it because I just knew it was a divine moment. I went from utter devastation, and then when I read that sermon title, I started laughing. I just was giddy, just uncontrollable laughter, and it was laughter at how ridiculous it was that I was in that situation, yeah. that I let myself... Stole that despair. Go, go to that dark place. And so I knew my life had changed. And when I got back to New York, the first place I went on Sunday, first Sunday back, Marvel Collegiate Church, and I went there and just was mesmerized. I knew that was the place for me. Yeah, so that was, that, was the, that was the turning point in your life. Turning point in my life and, and subsequent turning points as well. I met my wife there while at the church, my future wife. Um, went on to staff at the church for the Christian education program at, at the church, and then went back to seminary, not back to seminary, went back to school by going to seminary, Union Theological Seminary, and that was really a fluke as well, a divine moment that I always had our family worship for parents and children once a month. We had that every month. And the associate ministers, one of them would give the sermon. And one particular Sunday, none of the associate ministers were available. And I said, that's crazy. We've got to have a sermon. I'll do it. <laughs> I, what, what, what did I just say? What did I do? Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. <laughs> Terry, you've got to do the sermon. You've got to do it. You said so yourself. I gave that one sermon, and I knew that that's where my life was headed, towards ministry. That was your calling. Calling. You know, and it's amazing, and, and I, I'm sure a lot of you guys listening, that, that you have moments in your life like that. I mean, I remember, I remember when I was, I think it was 19 or 20, and I, I had gotten arrested. I was just, you know, wrong place, wrong time. And... I, you know, I got I got my mugshot, I got fingerprinted, and as I'm getting my mugshot, I had my, I believe it was a members only jacket because I was that cool, uh, but I had a little a little guardian angel pen, and the guy taking the picture, you know, and I am just, I am beside myself, I'm freaked out, I am completely freaked out, I'd never gotten in trouble like this before, and the guy taking the picture goes, what's that on your lapel? And I didn't even know, I had to look down, I said, oh, that's uh, it's a guardian angel pen. And he goes, you believe in Christ? I said, yeah. He said, then don't worry about it. God's got you. And, and that, to me, was a big turning point in my life. And it was, it's those kind of moments that you can either do one of two things. You could reject it. You could have thrown that paper out. You, pull, right. you could have pulled that off the bed, looked at it, and just thrown it in the garbage. But so you either reject it or you go towards it. And you, I say, well, okay, God, now what? Now you just exactly. called you just called me now what? what's next yeah exactly and that's the same thing that happened to me i i went uh, to a woman on staff who worked outside of the church as a career transition counselor and i said 
look, I don't have passion for acting any longer, but I'm really passionate about ministry. Can we talk? And over a series of a few months working with her and whatnot, I realized maybe this ministry is for me. Um, I went back to school, went to seminary at Union Theological Seminary in Manhattan, and graduated in 2008. 2008 was hired at Reformed Church of Saugerties. Was there for seven. It's up years. near Woodstock, right? Saugerties. Very Is that close. Up in that area? Yeah, um, just north of Kingston. Yeah. Anyway. Um, How long were you there? I was there seven years, and then decided to move closer back to the metropolitan area of New York and had a daughter that was getting ready to go into high school, wanted her to get a good education, and felt this area of Glenrock, Ridgewood, Hawthorne, Paramus, Fort, Fort. This, this was This was the spot. Did you know about Glenrock at all at, at the time, or are you just looking around? Just looking around. My wife and I would take drives out of the city, uh, and we'd, we'd leave Marble and we'd take a drive up, up the Hudson Valley. Um, we'd, we'd go up the Hudson Valley and we'd take the back roads up there and on their way back. And when we pass a reformed church, we'd stop and see if we could get in, take a look around. And a lot of times the churches were left open and never got to this church, never got to Glenrock, but... Um, but a colleague of mine, when I was up in Saugerties, suggested, said, Glenrock, you've got to get to Glenrock and check out the Reformed Church there, the Community Church of Glenrock. Check it out. It's incredible. It's right for you. That's where you belong. And so I did. I followed up and started talking to people other people about Community Church of Glenrock and and eventually just decided I've got to check this out and came down, looked at the area, looked at the church and it was completely sold. So they, I, I mean, unfortunately enough, they were looking for somebody. I mean, that... Right, well, that, that's why it was brought to my attention. A close colleague said, Terry, look, I know they're looking for someone at, Community Church of Glenrock. Get your paperwork into them. Get your resume and your your uh, tapes in and and uh, submit it to them and get, see see if they are interested. And, and the rest is history. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now here we are, the beginning of the second week of Advent, and and I'd like to talk a little bit about the meaning of Advent uh, leading up to Christmas. Uh, and then, and then, of course, you know, with all of you know, you see Charlie Brown Christmas, and you see all these different mm -hmm. Christmas. You see a lot of Christmas movies that come out, and uh, you know, in the church where where we go every every year, uh, a couple of years here and there where we weren't able to do it, but we do a Charlie Brown Christmas, and and you know, we do it because of that one scene where Linus gets up on the stage and and quotes Luke, uh, you know, the true meaning of Christmas, right. and 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 I always loved. 
Charlie Brown Christmas for that reason, because, you know, it's, it's, there's so much materialism going around. So let's talk a little bit about Advent and then leading up to Christmas. Sure. Uh, Advent season is really the season of coming. And it's the, the coming of Christ into our lives, not only the coming of Christ into our lives through the birth of Christ on Christmas Day that we celebrate, or Christmas Eve, a lot of people celebrate, but it's also Christ coming into our lives each and every day. We, we celebrate Christ coming into our lives in new ways, in divine moments, in everyday relationships that we have with, with people in our lives, with, with complete strangers that we cross paths with on the street. Uh, life is about Christ coming into our lives, but we take that those four weeks of Advent to celebrate Christ coming into our lives uh, as we approach the light of Christ coming into our lives. We, we look at the hope and the, the light and the, and the um, drawing a blank all of a sudden. <laughs> I know, it's the pressure of the lights and the cameras and everything. <laughs> the four, four weeks of Advent, we, we celebrate aspects of that light coming into our lives. Well, and the stories in the Bible that, that's, you know, that lead up to Christ's birth, um, it, it's, it's pretty amazing how the Gospels you know, each, each address that uh, and leading up to you know, Christ's birth and arriving, arriving in the world. And, and, you know, that's a lot of what Advent is about. Uh, and, and I know that... that peace, peace and joy were the other two that just left me for a moment there. <laughs> peace and joy never leaves us. <laughs> I, I know that, that for a lot of people, Christmas is a tough time. Um, you know, this will be, be our second Christmas without my mother. We lost, we lost my dad uh, several years ago. And, you know, you always think about those moments and, and there are, you know, a lot of people go through some difficult times. So, you know, one of the reasons why we, we wanted to talk to you and, and, and uh, share, you know, some of your story and, and, and talk a little bit more about Christmas is because, you know, the one thing about churches is that they're, they're all welcoming. And, and, and I want you to talk a little bit about that. If there, if there are people that are listening, because there's, there's a couple more weeks before we get to Christmas, and, you know, and a lot of that stress starts to build up, whether it's buying gifts or not being able to see family or this COVID situation or work or whatever it is, the stress really starts to build. So I want to talk a little bit about, about how the church you know, opens their arms to, to people that, are, that maybe you know, need that divine moment or are looking for prayer or for family, you know, some, you know, things like that. Sure. Uh, we here at the Community Church of Glenrock really welcome anybody into uh, our family. It's basically a family here, a family of believers. And whether you, whether you believe and are looking for a new place to worship or whether you haven't believed at all or you're questioning your beliefs yeah. or you're seeking seeking exactly the, you're welcome here at this church and that that goes across the board uh gender race ethnicity sexual orientation we're an open and affirming church here and one of the ways that we typically do that is 
were very active as uh, a church of connection. And the way we connect is through our mission efforts in the community, uh, in the community and internationally as well. We have two missionaries that we support, one in Ro Romania and the other in Oman. Wow. Uh, we have agencies, uh, about 16 organizational uh, situations that we, that we work with. Uh, Bergen County Habitat, Crop Walk, CFA, Center for Food Action, Star of Hope in Patterson, all these different ways that the church is able to give back. And we, we have monthly, uh, monthly mission collections as well. So the church does a lot of connecting by way of our giving in the community and beyond. That's one way we do it. And, and the other way is we try and do it through fellowship, which is a lot harder now with the pandemic. Uh, people are hesitant to come out, but we've been social distance worship in person here, 10 o'clock every Sunday morning. And we not only social distance, but we require masks. And it's worked out fine. It's wonderful to have people back. And we, we're inviting more people to join us to, to come back from this pandemic and start taking steps forward in a positive direction. So, you know, for, for you guys that are listening, if, if, you, if you yourselves or if you know people uh, or, you know, encourage to bring your children. Uh, they, they have services for for everybody and they they really are a welcoming church and you know if you know people that are struggling and that just need a word of prayer or just need to to be in a safe place where they know that they're going to receive a word of encouragement and and people are 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 here to support one another and that that's one of the reasons i mean one of the many reasons i love this town is because it is such a, a close-knit community right. and and you know and i feel that i feel that just from talking to you that it's that kind of a service here so so i encourage you guys you know if, if you know people you yourselves if you're looking for a place to come for for not just christmas but christmas is a good start right <laughs> not that one of the not crimeaster not crimeaster yeah not crimeaster uh you know, I encourage you guys to just come down and check it out. You know, there's no there's no obligation. You don't you don't you don't have to sign over anything, and you just come out and uh, and listen to Pastor Terry and, and meet some of the other people that that are here to welcome you as as he did me today. Thanks yeah. so much, Flavio. It actually, it's been wonderful. I enjoyed the time reminiscing. Yeah, I, I appreciate it, and I and I, I'm glad you shared your journey. Uh, and and that's one of the things I, I love about doing this is is you know, oftentimes we see people, uh, you know, whether they're behind a pulpit or they're behind a, a desk or they're in a high, you know, a, a high rise office building, they're still people. Well, everyone's journey is different. And exactly. that's what's wonderful to hear about the journeys is to see the unique things that each individual has that they've grown up with. 
And if you need someone to play Oscar Madison in an upcoming Odd Couple, <laughs> I mean, you've got a great stage here. You know, yeah, this could be a nice little production area. That was, that was a former life, <laughs> former life, new chapter. Well, Pastor Terry, I, I really appreciate it. And uh, I want to wish you, I want to wish your congregation a, a, a blessed Christmas and, and a blessed Advent time. And uh, thank you again for, for joining us. Well, thank you and for letting me be a part of this wonderful project that you've got going and and uh, being a part of it today was enjoyable for me. Ah, thank you so much. All right, everybody, we'll talk soon. Be well. Bye.